the European Union is to achieve its goal of becoming a climate-neutral continent by 2050, it is an understatement to say that the private sector must play its part. In fact, it needs to be one of the major players in the game, in particular the bloc's 23 million small and medium-sized enterprises, which employ some 83 million people and account for around half of Europe's GDP. To better understand the challenges facing the private sector in the climate transition, how they are affected by climate change in their activities, as well as the role they play in the EU's climate plans, our network of European radio stations has put out some feelers among business representatives and experts. Welcome back to the Green Deal podcast and let's start by taking a look at the impact of climate change on private industry. Sudden weather or climate changes lead to pressure on the supply of raw materials, water and energy. In other words, we must all be prepared as a country, a society and an economy for environmental pressure to arise, including some that we are not yet aware of. We have just heard from Uros Weigel, State Secretary at Slovenia's Ministry of the Environment, Climate and Energy, who was speaking to Borut Kampusz at Radio C. And indeed, companies in all sectors are realizing that they need to better understand and integrate climate-related risks into their activities. It goes without saying that they also need to respond to the expectations of wider society. According to global consultancy McKinsey, consumers purchasing choices reflect their values, particularly in the case of younger consumers. And sustainability is considered very important, by around 40% of European consumers. Whether on their own initiative, to mitigate climate-related risks, to adjust to consumer demand, or because they are subject to regulatory constraints, businesses cannot escape the adaptations made necessary by climate change, as Nuno Cruz, Executive Director at the Centre for Responsible Business Leadership at the Catolica Lisbon School of Business and Economics, explains to our colleague, Cristina Nascimento, from Radio Nascença in Portugal. It's the story of the stick and the carrot. The stick is, here's the law, here's the legislation, we have to change, so those businesses change in a reactive way. The ones that genuinely change in a proactive way are those that look at the market and see that it is changing, that customers are changing, that citizens are changing, which forces them to take this approach. That's the way I see companies changing, because they have to change, because it's the only way to survive financially. Companies have always had to adapt to retain a competitive edge and ensure their activities remain profitable. This is perhaps therefore the most compelling reason for them to do so in this case. Or at least, so says Vanya Kyoseva, head of engineering ecology at the University of Chemical Technology and Metallurgy in Sofia. She is talking to Dobromir Videv, a journalist at Bulgarian National Radio. Businesses don't have a choice. They have to be ready for the effects of climate change. They have to be ready for climate change and the consequences of climate change because their business's economic results are directly linked to that. How far climate change has affected their business, what changes they have to make. And it's probably primarily for this reason that, according to Eurobarometer statistics from 2022, 89% of Europe's SMEs are taking steps to make their activities more environmentally sustainable, compared with just 9% that are not. Of course, these figures vary from country to country. 
with companies in some countries such as Poland, Bulgaria and Estonia lagging significantly behind the European average. In 2021, global insurance company Generali launched so-called Enterprise, an international sustainability competition to support and promote best practice in sustainability among SMEs. Through this competition, it is becoming clear how far these companies are evolving, says Ildi Koföldi Tamas, head of communications at Generali in Hungary, to journalist Xila Adam. What we are absolutely finding is the companies that have applied to us, that we're in contact with, that we know how they operate, they really do care about sustainability. The number of practice areas where it's clear from the application documents, for example, that they're looking for a market advantage is overwhelming. Those who are committed to it are really committed to it in the long term and want to do something about it. All in all, sustainability is, a, is an important means not just of protecting the environment or well-being at work. There are many aspects of it that, if incorporated into operations, can be profit-generating for them too. So, implementing sustainable operations can be a win-win situation. They can win, their businesses can have higher profits, but at the same time they're taking into account the environment's needs too. And here I mean the natural environment, the micro-environment, what they can do to help the people around them, and what they can do to help the country, the planet, from a slightly bigger perspective. According to the same Eurobarometer report, the most common resource efficiency actions undertaken by SMEs are reducing waste, and that's 64%, saving energy for 61%, and use material more sparingly, 57%. Urozweil, the Slovenian state secretary we heard from earlier, outlines the most common changes businesses are making. To a large extent, it's a matter of finding new energy sources. In other words, using fewer energy sources that are based on fossil fuels and, as a result, emitting fewer greenhouse gases. Companies are also innovating in processes to require less energy than before. More broadly, it's also about the circular economy practices. In other words, increased use of recycled materials, which reduces the need for new natural resources and so causes less devastation to the planet that we have caused to date. Companies are also increasingly turning to technology in their quest for innovative solutions to the climate problem. Alan Galicchio is the founder of and majority shareholder in Ecomate, an Italian startup that uses algorithms to identify critical business issues and turn them into green assets. Ecomate offers a low-cost and easily accessible software platform that can take a snapshot of the state of a company and then produce a detailed report that identifies its critical issues. It then translates the analysis into a sustainability rating using artificial intelligence techniques. But Galicchio tells Giulia Cannizzaro from Italy's Radio 24 that given the challenging economic climate in which SMEs are currently operating, we are talking about small steps here. It is obvious that small and medium-sized enterprises are not able to find much more fertile ground right now and achieve little in terms of practical results because they cannot simply afford it. 
So we find concrete examples of practical targeted interventions mainly related to digitalization. In other words, digital transformation, innovation and the installation of new equipment. Most of these are linked to cutting costs and the general streamlining of processes with short-term results. It is a no-brainer that companies will be more easily persuaded to act if they can see tangible benefits. But when it comes to longer-term measures, and of course, expenditure, they will be harder to convince. And the EU's ambitious climate targets require all sectors to make a concerted effort to reduce their emissions in the long term. And that's why the EU has developed a range of tools, including a European strategy for SMEs, to help the bloc meet its Green Deal goals. One sector that knows only too well the risks climate change poses to companies is the insurance business, a sector that is constantly evolving to meet the rising demand for insurance cover. Nina Kolchakova, Secretary General of the Association of Bulgarian Insurers, says that more and more companies are seeking insurance cover against climate change-related risks. The insured portion of these losses is visibly increasing worldwide. The fact that losses are increasing certainly incentivizes people, businesses and governments to insure more because they realize that the risk is increasing. In Bulgaria, very large businesses have special departments for such risks. Small and medium-sized enterprises do not. One example. Around a decade ago, there was a spring flood affecting a river in Sofia. On one side of this river was a factory that produced cosmetics. On the other, one that produced construction materials. The river came and swept away both factories. The one that produced cosmetics was insured. There was damage. Nevertheless, no shortage of their products was noticed in the shops. By the autumn, the factory was repaired. On the other side, the brick factory did not recover. Europe is not alone in the world in promoting clean technologies and innovative companies. Yet, through the Green Deal, the European Union has taken a pioneering stance, setting itself the goal of leading the field in guiding business change. And one concrete example of this is its taxonomy or classification system, which it has developed to better direct investments towards those businesses most necessary for the ecological transition. The so-called taxonomy defines criteria for economic activities to indicate the extent to which these activities are helpful or harmful to the environment. Now, this so-called taxonomy, all these new European rules that oblige the disclosure, the communication of everything relating to key indicators, will create much greater transparency for companies, both large ones and also small ones that are not obliged to do so in the first phase, but as a part of large companies' value change, will in practice have to communicate many of these things, whether the law says so or not. Europe continues, fortunately, to have a fantastic approach to showing the world how these things have to be done. This approach for the planet and its people is, in Europe, a regulatory one that is unrivaled and enviable, and we should all be very proud to be European. That was again responsible business leadership expert Nuno Kurz. But when scale and speed are of the essence, Europe is often too slow and too bureaucratic, notes Business Europe, the association that represents the interest of EU SMEs in Brussels. 
It is true that such reporting obligation can constitute a real burden. Many SMEs, 34% of them, according to the Eurobarometer report I mentioned earlier, are put off by the bureaucratic complexity of the EU's rules. And this is why in recent months, some EU leaders have called for a regulatory pause to give European business swamped with red tape a chance to catch their breath. Ursula von der Leyen, president of the European Commission, has promised to cut administrative formalities by 25% and is expected to unveil a plan later this year. In the meantime, companies need to be more actively supported in making the necessary changes, says Alan Galicchio. In our opinion, there is probably also a communication issue in the sense that sometimes messages are conveyed that are not wrong but are not universally understandable, especially by those who are having to manage on a day-to-day basis. For example, you cannot convince me, a micro-enterprise, to change my two company cars for electric ones and invest a lot of money just because there is a European strategic plan for the energy transition behind it. Some people probably also think, by the time I benefit from this directly, I will be in my grave. So it's not just a question of doing the right thing for the environment or achieving a purely regulatory objective so that Italy doesn't get fined or go further into debt with Europe. It is also a question of profitability for the entrepreneur. Earlier this year, the EU came up with its Net Zero Industry Act, a plan for a predictable and simplified regulatory environment to promote investments in clean tech sectors and encourage production in sectors that are key to meeting the bloc's climate neutrality goals. Brussels' hope is to equip the EU with a policy that is fit for purpose in this fast-moving and highly competitive global environment. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. We'll release our next episode of the Green Deal podcast in September. Till then, take care.